Hey, and welcome to the Bird's Basement Show. Tonight, we are very privileged to have with us Joe Fansworth. Joe is a drummer extraordinaire. We are meeting on top of Bird's Basement. That's at the restaurant upstairs. It's called Skybird. And if you hear the odd trams coming through, uh, just uh, know that this is Melbourne. This is the sound of our city. Joe is a drummer extraordinaire. He has played with legends like Farrah Sanders, Michael Tanner, and many others. You are going to hear names, and you are going to go, wow, this guy is incredible. You would have heard him if you were a jazz fan in any of those CDs of one of your legends. He has been recording for many, many years. Uh, he's very known in the scene of jazz drumming. If you're a jazz drummer yourself, you need to come down to Bird's Basement and see this. It's extraordinary. I'm going to let you listen to his drum solo and uh, we'll come back and talk with Joe. <laughs> Basement show. Thank you, Albert. Great to be here. Yes, uh, we've been looking forward for a while for you to come here. Thank you very much. Uh, so, um, last time I saw you was nearly a year ago when you were here with Farrah Sanders. Right. What a show that was. Right. Farrah is amazing. That was uh, my last impression, was uh, the last night here. We built up into such a frenzy that. Uh, Jazz fans of Melbourne started dancing uh, on the very last tune of the night. Yes. And five people started dancing. Then, like, two minutes later, the whole crowd was dancing. And then Farrell proceeded to play, like, 25 more minutes. And he was dancing, too. Oh, everyone was dancing, <laughs> besides me. I was playing the drums. Yeah. Well, what a fun time that was. That was. And um, then, since then, you've been pestering me to come and play here. Uh, well, a, a slight nudge, uh, yes, uh, an enthusiastic nudge. nudge. Absolutely, and I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you, when when we get talented people like yourself, it's always a pleasure to to have you. That's why this place has been built for people like you. Thank you. So thank you, and you're bringing a very special band. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I just want to, for your fans and also for those who don't know you but uh, they would like to come and uh, see you play at birds while you're here uh, i'd like to get a little personal and to get to know you a little better uh, for uh, for the benefit of everyone okay so i know that your history is completely musical your father was a great musician can you tell us about him a bit my father grew up in the midwest in ohio and he studied trumpet and he was uh, 
in love with Louis Armstrong and then the Stan Kenton bands and, of course, Count Basie and Woody Herman. And so he studied and studied, and um, he found his uh, route in teaching instead of actually performing. And so he taught music to uh, the people in the Midwest, and we moved to Massachusetts, and that's where I was born. And he raised five boys there. And so he became the, the high school band director of South Halley, Massachusetts. <clears throat> and we had five boys. And uh, one of the boys, the oldest boy, David, was a drummer. And then the middle one was James, and he was a saxophone player. And my other brother, John, uh, played trombones. We had three rooms. And so there was music in each room. I happened to grow up in the room with my brother who played the drums. And when he would go to school, he had a beautiful set of Ludwigs out there. It was shiny, and the light was in him. And he said, don't touch my drums. And, of course, right when he left the door and went to school, I jumped on the drums. He, he meant touch my drums. <laughs> yeah, he says, don't touch them. <laughs> So and how then, uh, could you not? And then, so, uh, of course, I played. And then, and, and then I'd go and stay with my other brother, who was mm -hmm. listening to Sonny Stitt and Sonny Rollins. And especially that record I saw on the wall of the hotel room, this uh, Dizzy Gillespie with Sonny Stitt and Sonny Rollins. He transcribed every solo of that. And I used to sit there listening to write them down, everything. And then my other brother in the other room was listening to John Coltrane and J.J. Johnson. So three different eras of jazz, all in three different rooms. And I would go and sleep in each room while I was growing up. So you were the guy that was touring around the rooms. Yes, I was, I was touring. I was a nomad. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't pin me down. I'd stay one month in the big band room. I'd go in one month in the Sonny Stitt room and then another month in the J.J. Johnson room. And so as, a, as brothers, you had a, there was a band there, obviously. So yes, uh, my brother John started a band called Good Vibes when they were in high school. And uh -huh. I must have been about six And then my oldest brother, David, who's a drummer in the band, graduated and went to college. And that's when they inserted me in the group. And so I started playing. I replaced them in the good vibes when I was like fifth grade. Yes, playing Chuck Mangione and stuff like that. So how was your dad? Was he a mentor or was he a hard uh, teacher? Um, he was a tough teacher, but he wasn't really my mentor for the fact that I played the drums. And um, one of the reasons why I played the drums was that he was teaching my other brother and the saxophone, and he was very serious, and he had to read the scales, and he had to study out of books, and uh, he was very hard on him. And so I realized I could go and sit on the drums and hit the drums and play along with it without looking at scales or having my father breathe down my neck. So that was one of the advantages of playing drums. But he was a great help because he supplied us with thousands and thousands of records. Uh, so we had all this music at our, our, at our fingertips, And we, could, we grew up with so, everything that you wanted to listen to. And um, one of the main things he did, he brought me to Boston every week to study with the great Alan Dawson, which was a treasure because I had heard about Alan Dawson. And I wanted to study with him, so my father drove me out there. It was like a two-hour drive every uh, Saturday afternoon. That was commitment for his kids. It sure was. It sure was. Uh, I wasn't the great, greatest student back then with Alan Dawson, but I remember everything he said, the lessons, which I use now in, in my life today. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And uh, how did you get into the circuit playing with those great musicians? Because you, you've been around some great names. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to drop any names, but you can. Drop them, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, surprisingly enough, like, you know, because you don't think you're, you know, whatever, because you, you have the greats like Jimmy Cobb and Roy Haynes and Lewis Hayes and Art Taylor. So that's the, that's the cream of the crop. 
But I was, I was, on paper, I played with a lot of great players, especially saxophone players. I'm pretty proud of that. George Coleman, Pharaoh Sanders, Johnny Griffin, James Booty, Junior Cook, a lot of great players. Cecil Payne, uh, John Jenkins, Clifford Jordan, a lot of players I've got to play with. So how long have you been doing this? I went to school in 1986 in William Patterson College where I met the great, mm -hmm. I mean the great Harold Mayburn. And, uh, and in New York City, there's still a lot of great players alive. So I got to see Ahmad Jamal. And one of the great, one of my idols and kings of music was Cedar Walton. And so I went to see Cedar Walton play everywhere he played. I sat right next to Billy Higgins. And surprisingly enough, I wasn't that close with Billy Higgins, but I was very close with Cedar Walton. And then when Billy went on to start playing with like Pat Metheny or something, um, Cedar called me. And because uh, he just he just saw me around all the time, I don't even think he knew how I played. But he just saw my face everywhere, <laughs> and that was a big break for me, uh, Cedar Walton. Uh, so, not that so I you played. had a big break because of your face. Yes, because <laughs> you were present. Oh, Talking about to, being in the right place at the right time. But I made sure I was in the right place at the right time. All, all the, time. the time. All the time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's great. And I forgot to mention, my, my, well, my first big job, and that was because of the, uh, the great bass player, Dwayne Bernal. I got to play 10 years with uh, Benny Golson. It was my first big, big job. And playing with Benny Golson, I think other people saw that and thought it was okay to have me on the bandstand. So, so Benny Golson really... Uh, did me a big favor. How old were you at the time? Uh, 23. 23. 23. But to play at Sweet Basil's with Benny Golson and, and Mulgrew Miller, and people didn't know who I was. And so they were saying, who's this guy? And, um, and, and, was, and they were thinking, well, if Benny Golson likes him, he must be okay. Who's the, who are the drummers that you admire? Um, Art Taylor, my teacher. Mm -hmm. He was tremendous. Uh, my other teacher, Alan Dawson. Uh, Billy Higgins, of course, was my main guy. Max Roach, Elvin Jones, Leroy Williams. So that's a school. That's where. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, Joe Chambers, Lewis Hayes, is, uh, Jimmy Cobb. My gosh, every time I see Jimmy Cobb, I'm, I'm I get chills because that's 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 the real deal is Jimmy Cobb, and I'm I'm. It makes me uh, realize how much better I have to get. Because he's really top notch. He's your inspiration. Oh man, his time playing is incredible. And what about the modern drummers like uh, uh, Virgil Donati, for instance? You know, Virgil is from Melbourne. I do not. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from. The, he, he played the here at uh, Birds uh, early in January. Oh, great. Yeah, and so he, that's where he's from. Great. He lives now in LA for the last twenty-five years. Great. Uh, what do you think of uh, guys like Virgil? And that's that's cool of drumming. Um, you know, I'm not particularly well uh, educated in that school of drumming. I'm more, I'm more into like time playing. I'm not sure what he does, um, but I'm. Oh, he does the time playing, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe well. Except I, he, he subdivides it a little well, bit. Well, yeah, I'm still in and, four and, four. And, I can't yeah. subdivide. And but uh, I, uh, as far as young drummers, I like uh, Greg Hutchison, and uh, of course my main guy Kenny Washington. I love Kenny. Kenny Washington was a huge help to me. He got me on a lot of gigs that. People didn't want me on the gigs, and Kenny Washington made them get me on the gigs. So that was all strong, Kenny Washington. Lewis Nash, uh, Eric oh, McPherson, uh, Carl Allen, and uh, my schoolmate, Bill Stewart. I went to school with him for four years at William Patterson College. Okay, let's drop a few more names. Okay. 
Um, you have uh, also worked with some great piano players, right? So give me a few names that you um, admired. Well, on the top of the list, a, a, a big three, Cedar Walton, for many years. Um, I've had a few tours with McCoy Tyner. And, uh, of course, my great, great friend and uh, one of the all-time greatest, Harold Mayburn. Uh, those are three piano players I play with a lot, recorded with, toured with. I've also played with uh, Hank Jones, and I got to play with uh, Tommy Flanagan. Well, first and foremost is the bass player, Brendan Clark, who uh, came to New York, and uh, we met up at a jazz club at one of my gigs, and he wanted to see if it's possible to bring me over here. Because I just played at the Melbourne Jazz Festival with Pharaoh Sanders. And um, I thought that'd be a great idea. And so we were talking about who we should get. Are we talking about 2008? Yes. 2008. So I'm the one who brought you here. Great. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, you yeah, paid yeah. very you, well, you too, played matter of fact. Yeah. We stayed in a better lovely than, hotel. <laughs> better than what we can pay because no. that, that was subsidized at a time when there were subsidies. There's right. none anymore. Okay. Um, but uh, you played at the Hammer Hall, I remember. Right. It was great. It was, yeah, it was very nice. And uh, the hotel was wonderful. The fans were great. And uh, I just loved coming over here because the jazz fans are really wonderful here. They're very enthusiastic. Very enthusiastic. A lot of places are a little subdued. They really come out in Australia. So, uh, but so we, I said, yeah, let's do it because I hadn't been to Australia in about two years. And then we, we, we were thinking about who we were going to get. And I said, <coughs> it was a no brainer to get Dale Barlow. He's, a, he's like a national treasure. Here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dale is fantastic. And he made it also in New York. There's not many Australian that made it in New York yes. in jazz. He came there, and within like a couple of years, I saw him on the yeah. stage with Art Blakey. You know, we've got one player in New York at the moment from Australia who's really kicking asses. That's Troy Roberts. Have you mm -hmm. heard of him? I have not. So I, I advise that you should check him out. What does he play? Sax. Oh, Saxophone. Okay. Very good. So um, same instrument as Dale. Um, so you uh, you look pretty fit. So what do you do for for fitness as to well, keep yourself uh, fit? What, apart from playing the drums. Okay. Well, I go to bed early, I wake up early, and I I try to run like an hour and fifteen minutes. A that day. doesn't sound like a rock and roll no, lifestyle. No, it's a jazz life. It's, <laughs> it's a, a middle aged jazz life. You know, it's not a young man's jazz. And life. so you're a family man as well. I'm a family man. How and many kids? I, how I many kids do you have? I have three boys. Three boys. Twelve, ten, and seven. And the first one was very special to me because we found out we were pregnant on Max Roach's birthday. And I was at the Vanguard with Cedar Walden. And he came out on Charlie Parker's birthday, August 29th. You can't beat those two, can you? Max and Charlie Parker. I guess you can. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> <laughs> the next one came out on no one's birthday. It's some actor like Michael Keaton, so that's not so special. So how do you manage that to have three kids and being on the road? Uh, well, I have to be on the road. Because you're on the road a lot. Yes. You, were, you, you were in China, what, two weeks ago? I was just in China, yes. Uh, I've been... Um, in this stage of my life, I've been uh, putting myself out to more booking myself and uh, trying to get my name known around the world more so in different places like yeah. China, Poland, places I haven't really traveled too much. Okay. So I'm trying to open up new areas for myself. And, uh, and uh, we have a nice family back home that takes care of them. And um, 
you know, I just need to keep working. And then do you bring your kids sometime on tour? Yes, I do. I brought my oldest one to uh, Rome and Bologna, and then we went to Bern, Switzerland for two weeks. And then my middle child I took uh, to uh, Tokyo, Japan. It was the same time as the sumo tournament, so he was he was in love. Okay. We're very excited. We've been playing for uh, like two weeks straight now. We're playing some McCoy Tyner songs. We're playing some Cedar Walton songs. We're playing some Charlie Parker songs. We, we play the music that people like to hear, and uh, it's very it's it's very uh, exhilarating and happy. So I uh, hope that people come out. To You've see got it. some originals as well. Uh, one or two, one or two. Not, nothing too fancy. We like to just try to play what the people know. Yeah, well, what I do appreciate in your playing is uh, when you're soloing, uh, I feel this joy. First of all, it, it's infectious because mm -hmm. you, you smile all the time. So it's, it's uh, hard not to smile back. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like how you build your soul. I really think about what I want to, uh, how I want to present myself. I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm physically fit and that I'm mentally okay. And that when I get time for the gig, there's no stress on my mind. I'm free. That's what I really, I'm trying to be free. So, I'm, so I can be able to create. I don't want to be tied down to some problem here or something's after me here. Mm -hmm. Or I'm, I'm not, I don't like who I play with. I want to be free from all that so I can really play the best of my abilities. And uh, do you find that you need a long time to warm up before you go on stage? Um, not really. You have no issues with your wrist, for instance. No. I find that a lot of drummers uh, practice a lot on the pads. I like, do practice on the pads. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm thinking about my good friend Pablo Bencid. Anytime I go on tour with him, he spends at least an hour on the pad before we go on stage. Without a doubt. Well, uh, I mean, that's good. I, I do have a pad. I practice it a lot. Uh, But you know, I, that's why I play every night. So I, I'm, so I'm constantly trying to, you know, stay in that. I'm warmed up. So if you play every night, you're basically kind of warmed up. Yeah, good. And so, what is your advice today uh, to young drummers or young musicians, or even uh, to some people that want to take up the practice of drum? Um, well, I would definitely would say it's a very, it's a gift, to, and you should be very grateful to have a gift of this music. I think it's uh, also very special to represent jazz drumming. For me, it is. It's not just for Joe Farnsworth. I represent Joe Jones, Sid Catlett, Baby Dodds, Philly Joe Jones. And every time I sit on the drums, I take them with me. And it's a real special gift. And I would, I would advise young drummers to uh, learn how to play time. Because if you can't play time, then it's just, it's just useless. So just practice time. And love playing time. I love playing time. Billy Higgins told me a great story about his drumming. A lot of drummers come in the room and say, here I am, and they're loud and boisterous. Billy Higgins wanted to be a drummer that played so nice, and people turned around 10 minutes later and said, who's that? Because it felt so nice, and it wasn't in your face. That's what I like, just someone that loves playing time and being an accompanist. And so I would, I would suggest practicing time. Obviously, your rudiments and learn all the tunes. Learn Charlie Parker songs, Bud Powell songs. Arthur Taylor told me 
The key to jazz drumming is Bud Powell. Saturday night, okay. so for three nights, okay. uh, and uh, Saturday, what's the date? The, the 13th, right. so just before Mother's Day. Um, so best of luck, my friend, Joe. Thank you, friend. And, and uh, there'll be other times, I'm sure. Great. I can start pestering you next week, right? You can, my friend. <laughs> Not a problem. You've got Thank my you, number. All right, great. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much.